Dane, what's up, man? Welcome back. How you been? Oh, man. Great, great. Had to take a quick trip down south back to the, the motherland down there in Oklahoma and come back up and feeling good. Ready for tonight and, and excited for tonight. So how, how about yourself? I'm good, man. Tonight's a big one. We had a couple. We missed you. Um, the first two, I had a chance to talk to our buddy Raheem from the Globetrotters and yeah. then Cody from St. Asania stopped by and Art of Dying. Awesome, dude. Love him. Uh, we've got uh, one of the, in my opinion, one of the greatest piano players in the game slash guitars right now, which we'll get to in a minute, but I've got some facts for you, man. Speaking of yeah. tickling the ivories, I, I looked that up because I've heard that expression my whole life, tickling the ivories, right, for piano. Yeah. I wanted to find out where that came from. So I got three piano facts for you, Dane. Oh, um, first, first off, for for what we know, the modern piano, modern, was invented in 1706 mm. in Italy. Did you know it was in that that's a couple years after you're born, right? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and it was in Italy. And and this is a little bit disturbing, but it's a it's a fact. So you know the internet never lies. The first actual <laughs> piano <laughs> the first piano player actually had real ivory as the actual ivory. It's kind of crazy, you know? <laughs> so nice. I didn't know that, man. But yeah, so I, I can imagine that thank goodness they stopped doing that and they replicated it with something else. But back in the day it was real <laughs> ivory. It's also um one of the instruments that this amazing artist plays alongside of guitar. So I don't want to waste any time, Dane. This guy's awesome. He's been working with Dowtry, a uh, great yeah. guitarist and great piano player. So I'm going to get into it and bring on our buddy Elvio. Elvio, how you doing, my friend? Doing well. How are you? Good, man. Excellent. Good. Excellent. Thank you for joining us. Pleasure to yeah, have man. you. How's the road treating hey. you so far? Very good. Uh, we're, we're, we're having a ton of fun. Um, it's a, it's the bare bones tour. So it's, you know, basically everything we imagined stripped down to acoustic instruments and you know we're playing songs we haven't played in a long time some covers and just every night it's you know it's a lot of just uh ebbing and flowing and it's it's a lot of fun it's very different than than the electric show but um still like i said a lot of fun nonetheless so, i love it man it. well thank you man for taking time out of your schedule yeah, I know you're definitely busy, man. we've got some questions we're gonna run past you i'm gonna I'm going to go first. Obviously, between being a great guitarist and a, and a pianist and among many other things, I heard you also play the banjo. <laughs> I'm kidding. No. Uh, take, me back, take me back to when it began, man. When did you first start playing music in your life? How old were you and when did you get that itch to play, you know? Um, ever since I – as early as I can remember. So um, my, I, my grandfather uh, was an incredible – uh, Portuguese guitar player. My, my entire family came over from, from uh, a small island off the coast of Portugal called Madeira Island. And uh, my grandfather would play this, um, the style of music is called Fado, F-A-D-O. And it's beautiful. It's like Portuguese blues folk. It's very like minor chords, very heart wrenching. And, you know, and my mom would sing and my mom would write these songs. And, um, and those are my earliest memories as a musician. And my aunt, when I was like, I think three years old, she bought like a toy piano and my parents quickly found out that I had an ear for music um, because like the radio would be playing and these songs would become familiar to me and I would start playing along and they were like, wait a minute, how is he doing that? You know, so I play completely by ear and that's that's what has, has guided me my entire career is, is my ear. Now, you know, I, I know music knowledge and theory and chords 
because I've been doing it so long. So when somebody says, for example, you know, play a G major, that sounds like that makes sense. So just doing it for a long time, I've, you know, picked up some knowledge along the way, but uh, yeah, ever, as early as I can remember, um, I was playing uh, piano and, and just messing around with whatever instruments were in the house. So I love that. Oh, you know, Dane and I, Dane and I talk a lot about this and he, he got tired of it because he's got a few years older than me. Uh, but my first guitar, man, I remember this Roadstar. I got it. My dad, I was 12. It was my first purple Roadstar. Do you remember, obviously that's great. The, the early memories when you first got your real, like your real first piano or first guitar, what kind was it? How were you when you got your first real gear, you know? Yeah. My first real gear, it was probably a keyboard. And I want to say, for real keyboard, pro keyboard was a Kurnell, the name of the keyboard, uh, K2000. I don't remember okay. how much it was at the time, but it was a pro keyboard. It had every strings and synths and all different instruments. <laughs> and um, that uh, that was the B. I, I think I was maybe 14, 15 when I got like a real keyboard. I mean, my parents would buy me keyboards, but it was one of those like Casio's, like where it would play drums and, and bass and do all the Costco. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. I maximize what I do with that and exaggerate it. Yeah. So I get you. Go ahead, Danny. <laughs> oh, I, I was so other than with your family and you know, kind of having them show you the ropes of music. Can you remember the first band you kind of struck out on your own with, whether it be with friends or? classmates or things like that and what was the what was the type of music you played and maybe the uh band's name mm. so the very 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 first band i was ever in um i was still in college and throughout high school nobody really knew that i was a musician i it, it was different back then i was a jock in high school i played mm. soccer baseball, basketball and you know being a musician wasn't cool I hit, I kind of fact that I did it. And then um, I'll, I remember we were at a party my senior year. Uh, somebody threw a party and there was an upright piano in the house. And, you know, we may or may not have had some drinks. And then yeah. <laughs> I went over to the piano, I went over to the piano and just kind of played a couple notes. And a bunch of, bunch of dudes were like, you don't play that, do you? And I was like, name a song. Name a song. And then I just became stumped. I just started playing all this. I couldn't believe it. But. <laughs> college it was a it was a cover band in rochester i was the, it was a band called east coast connection it was a party slash wedding slash bar band all covers i was the youngest in the band by probably 20 years and oh, <laughs> i learned so much in that band because you know at the time i didn't appreciate it as much as i do now but they were great musicians and they played like anything from motown to you know elton john and billy joel to chicago to whatever like journey like it was a, a huge variety of covers with wow. the goal being we're going to entertain whatever bar or wedding we're at you know you know what i mean yeah. like that the sound is depleted everybody so you know playing that kind of stuff um for for a few years you learn a lot you learn a lot about different styles you learn a lot about you know what what you gravitate towards and to this day i incorporate a lot of that stuff into my playing now you know so <laughs> It was my first band. They were called East Coast Connection. I think I was 19 or 20 uh, when, I, when I joined that band. And uh, yeah, hope that answered your question. <laughs> it's oh, yeah, time for definitely. a reunion tour. They need a reunion there tour, right, Dan? Let's get them back. <laughs> yeah, they, get the get, boys back yeah, together. Get, get the East Coast back together. 
now from yeah. from that point on you started learning your craft and, and you know i'm sure getting influences from other people that are around you going back from that point to now with what you're doing do you have maybe a favorite event or a favorite gig that you've done through the years or maybe it's more than one that you just never get tired of telling the story because it sits so well with you yeah there's a couple there's a couple different things so before before i joined daughtry I had a band in, in upstate New York, in Rochester, New York. It was a band called Uncle Plum. I was the front man and actually didn't play much keyboard at all. I, I maybe played, I had, a, I had a keyboard set up in front of me, kind of like the guy from The Killers. Yeah. But I played, I played guitar probably 90% of the night, um, just rhythm guitar. We had an incredible lead guitarist. But um, we used to do these festivals in Rochester called the East End Festival, and there would be 5,000 people right in front of me. And in some of those memories, um, I'll never forget, like just feeling like you've got all those people in the palm of your hand and feedback and that, um, you know, the res a good response from an audience of that size when you're fronting a band is it's a great feeling. So those, those were great. But as far as Daughtry, um, my favorite gig, you know, it's probably we, and it happened not long ago, but we, sold out and headlined Royal Albert Hall in London. That's wow. cool. And that was, that was bucket list. Oh, it was incredible. Busy yeah. Hale came out and did separate ways with us. Yeah. And, you know, just being in that venue and just looking around and, and remembering what it looked like from, from, you know, videos of seeing like yeah. Zeppelin and Captain and all these people, such an iconic place. And uh, it was mm -hmm. probably my favorite gig. We band played great. It was one of those nights where we just felt, we're on fire, you know, and, and to awesome. do that in an iconic venue like that, it's probably my yeah. favorite gig that we, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm reminiscing, man. Cause I, I actually, I didn't want to, uh, with uncle Plum, I'm hoping there's some stuff, like I said, you got so many things on the side, man. You have so many irons in the fire. Right. And I, I throw my, my mind keeps going back to you at three, almost with the stepbrothers thing with the Casio keyboard, man, just getting it. So <laughs> I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping we'll see some more. Bro, my first instrument was, my first instrument was an accordion. I think that was the Go. first, like there was, there was an accordion in the house. I was like, yeah, there's nothing cool that. about an accordion. <laughs> you're going to have yeah. to, you're going to have to down the road, man. We'll get into that. Maybe get some of the boys back together for some reunion stuff. I'm curious though, go. man, cause you have, you have such a plethora. I got that word right name, plethora of yeah, music in, in your background. And you think about the influences, man, from your family and your heritage and, and the artists you play with, man. Um, everybody has that muse, right? Like, I, obviously, you can't say one or two, maybe narrow it down, but maybe your style of playing piano. Is there one or two artists that, like, stand out to you as maybe you try to emulate or that's just been your muse so far in your career, if you could say that? Yeah. Um, I would definitely, definitely say Billy Joel and Elton John. Uh, yeah. when I was, when I was in my teens, I went to a Billy Joel concert for the first time. And that moment changed my life in a way that I knew that like, I, that's what I wanted to do. And it was, mm -hmm. it was, it was bittersweet in a way because, you know, watching him and seeing that and wanting that so badly for myself someday, it just seems so far, far out of reach. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's almost like I enjoyed it, but I almost left depressed because I'm like, oh man, that'll never happen. But I want that so badly. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but that I would say Billy Joel and Elton John for sure. Um, and just, I mean, I grew up in the eighties. So just listening to pop and rock radio in the eighties. Um, Anybody. I would, yeah. I, 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, the first, my first album that I ever bought was Synchronicity from Police. Um, wow. And Thriller, 1984 from Van Halen. So learning like Jump, you know, all those synth songs. <laughs> like, I love that stuff. And I was a, you know, I was a pop, pop music kid in rock, you know, as far as, uh, you know, bands like Van Halen and Guns N' Roses and all, all the, you know, the 80s rock bands. Yeah, the staples. Uh, yeah. yeah, it wasn't until college that I... Uh, kind of went backwards and dug deep into like, you know, the Beatles and, and some of the, the, the classic, you know, Zeppelin, and Pink Floyd and things like that. Um, older Van Halen, you know, mm -hmm. I, I started to do a little more research in, in college and, you know, listening to what my friends were listening to. And then the Seattle scene hit when I was in college, Nirvana came out and, and Pearl Jam and all that stuff. So that was a whole nother thing, you know, mm -hmm. but yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, I'm, I'm making notes of when I do this. I do. No, you're spot on, man. I do it every time I make notes. And I'm just like, man, I'm just the knowledge of what you're spewing is like, yeah. you're, you're going to forget more than I'm ever going to remember. So I'm writing this stuff down, man. So I love it. So then go ahead. Yeah. That's just fantastic. So, so now that now that you're, you know, kind of uh, a staple in Daughtry there, what do you see coming up for you, you know, in this ending up wrapping up the year as we, you know, start getting into the last quarter of the year? What's on the horizon for you the next three, four months, six months as an artist? What, what are your, you got a yeah, goal we, set for that? Um, I mean, you know, goals and things like that. I mean, Chris drives the ship, you know, and, mm -hmm. you know, we follow his lead, but, you know, we're going to finish this tour, um, which I believe ends in the beginning of October and then continue working on the album. We just released a single that we're all very excited about, a song called it's Artificial. So good. It's so good, man. I love it. I love it. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's we're we're really you know stoked and, and happy. Uh, the video's great. Like we're the, the response has been awesome. Uh, we're really really stoked. So, you know, we're we're hoping that that continues to do well, and then just you know leads us into finishing the record and, and going from there. Oh wow! So 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 Dane also and Elvio, one of the things, man, we want to dive into is, and I understand yeah. if not the timing kind of going beyond that, man, but what, you know, you've got that school that you've been a part of and you, are you looking at maybe bringing back some side stuff? I love what you're doing with Chris. That's great. But you, you got any side projects that you're working on or more mm -hmm. content from just you that's going to be out yeah. there? You know? Uh, you know, it, most of my spare time when I'm not on the road with Daughtry or in the studio or any of that is, is spent on my Academy, Rockstar Academy. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's, very close to my heart that that is yeah. the most important thing i do to be honest with you um because yeah. it's so many kids that are impacted and these are kids that need to feel like rock stars and you know we live in a society where how many likes you get and, and social media is this is now the barometer of whether yeah. or not you're cooler that's 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 not reality reality is yeah. you know expressing yourself these these creative kids that don't have an outlet you get them yeah. up on stage they play in front of people People cheer and go nuts. That's life changing for these kids, you know. So <laughs> focus is growing that. Um, and you know, we have bands from my academy that are doing really well. I was actually showing the guys today a video of the very, very first band I formed at the academy. They're now out playing in front of three, four hundred kids, making great money, and like this is what they do now. And then they're in their early twenties. It's great, you know. So yeah. but as far as like side projects for me, um, you know, I do. We do. Uh, I have a writing partner in Rochester, Johnny Cummings who uh, he and I co-wrote Have Used the Crown and Asylum. Uh, we also write for other artists and produce other artists as well. So, um, you know, I stay stay creative, but my focus is obviously contributing to the next Daughtry album. So, <clears throat> and, and to me, that's what 
you know, kind of whenever Josh told me about you, I started looking up things and, and that's what really kind of resonated with me was your academy because yeah. we started yeah. our podcast here to kind of inspire that next generation to be sure. the, the next athlete, to be the next great musician. And with something that you do, that's what kind of touched me whenever I started reading about you and kind of looking at some of the uh, results from the, your week-long academies when these kids go out, you know, playing with kids their yeah. own caliber. And when they go out and play, I mean, they just – uh, um, do you do you see a lot of them just kind of break out of their shell during that week of having them to where they get on stage and they're just all out? Every single time when they show up on Monday, I'm always like, I don't think they're going to be able to pull off two songs by Friday. And they <laughs> always come through, They always pull wow. through. And it, it's it's an, it's an incredible thing to watch over a week's time, you know, and then they get the bug. And the re I mean, I, I started that as a one week summer camp. Then it turned into a two week summer camp. And then the feedback that I would get from the kids was, we don't want to wait a whole nother year to do this again. Like, this is our favorite time. Of year. So I said, why don't I just model this after travel sports and we form bands, a band gets a coach, you practice every week. And then the games are the gigs. I book gigs and that's what we do. Now it's a year long thing and it's great. I've seen, you know, kids come in at 12, 13 years old that barely know how to do anything that are now in working bands out there making money, doing great. You wow. Know? And wow. Yeah, but it's all about confidence, you know, like just like sports, like who's going to go pro, really? You know what I mean? The likelihood of somebody going pro is small. Same thing in music. Like the, the goal is not to get these kids record deals and make them famous. The goal is, you know, if your kid comes to my academy and leaves with this much more confidence than he or she came with, we win, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. really what it's all about, you know? But it's See, a lot of fun. And that's Elvio, as Dane and I were talking, man, when yeah. I first hit you up, I said, that's, this is what you do with that. Again, great pianist. Love what you do with the side product. Love Daughtry. But what you do with these kids, because we yeah. do, you know, we do camps all the time with our, our athletes. And you're, you're taking that, that, that model of sports and you took what you learned from college and high school. And now you're, you're modeling yeah. music after that and you're helping kids that may not have a shot. That's the most rock star thing you could ever do, bro. Yeah. It's so fantastic that you do that. That's why we love you. I, I, on top of the other things, that's why we love you and wanted you on so yep. much. So thank you for giving back to the next generation. Definitely. Yeah, man. So um, with, with that being said, we are going to transition, man. I, I'm tearing up, man. I got I gotta, yeah, I gotta yeah. to laugh for a minute. I love it. Because it's so cool. <laughs> There's a segment, Elvio, I bet you money. Uh, well, I bet Dane money. There's a segment <laughs> that you've ne he's never done. I promise in all your interviews you've done, we got a segment for this you've never had before. Okay, it's called Rapid Fire. Now, Elvio, what this is, is it's PG. man, it's, it's PG, but the fans give us some weird stuff. I love our fans because they get weird. So we're going to get weird for a minute, okay? <laughs> so we're, we're going to ask you some questions. You got to pick one of the two. Time doesn't exist. Reality's not a thing. You just got to roll with it, and you got to spit it out, the answer. You got to pick one of the two, okay? Sounds so, good. So, Dane, you got your picks. You ready, man? Yep, I'm ready. So first one. We're going back. So you're transplanted, LVO. You're transplanted back into the 80s, and you're asked to do the lead part. You're taking over for a night for Angus. You got to play Thunderstruck in front of a sold-out crowd, right? But what they don't tell you is you're playing Thunderstruck with the band, but you don't get to ride around the stadium like in a machine. You have to ride around playing Thunderstruck on the back of a moving bull, like an, like a bull, like a bull rider, or you got to be on the back of a moped. Okay. So you're playing Thunderstruck, and you're rolling around the stadium on a bull or a moped. Get me. Which one are you going with? I'm going with the bull. That's like, that's rock star. If I can even sit on that thing for more than, I don't even, I mean, those guys get like five, six seconds and they're bucked off. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm predicting I get about three, four seconds. You might get bada 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 bada. I'm off. <laughs> so, I love it, Dane. Did you have that yeah. one? <laughs> oh yeah. Or you might just uh, tame the bull. Just that the, the chords. Once yeah. they hit. Yeah, once those chords awesome. hit, you might just tame the bull there. If you need any show ideas, man, just bring in a bull for you, man. Put a hat on me. There you go. go. <laughs> I love it. Put a hat on me and I will look like a bull rider. Let's go, man. <laughs> Question two. So, Billy, one of your muses, both Billy and Elton show up. They say, hey, we want to play a song with you. Uh, we want to play one of your songs you've created with Dowtry. So you, Billy Joel, and Elton sit down, and you're going to do a live performance. It's either Heavy as a Crown, make it just piano-ish, or Home, and it's you three. You're singing the vocals. You kick Chris off the stage. So you're singing. Billy and Elton play. Are you going with Heavy as a Crown or Home? They're playing it for you. Which one? That's an easy one. Heavy as a Crown for me. Let's go. I knew it, Dane. I actually cheated, Dane, because I knew you wrote that. So, <laughs> Dane, did you have that one? And, and by the way, by the way, Home is an incredible song. And the fact that Chris wrote that by himself is like, yeah. I mean, he's he's such an incredible writer. But oh, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Home, obviously, Heavy as a Crown is dear to me because I had a hand in writing that song. Yeah. And, you know, my first tattoo, bro, come on now. That's the crown. All right. right? So, that's awesome. oh, nice. Nice. No, no, and, and like I said, we we love Chris. We're just saying, like, this is you know, for that part of it. You, you get, you're taking the stage, and you get it. So next, next one, man. So you're you're called up. You are called up to do a celebrity hula hoop judging contest. You show up at a gig, say, hey, we need to borrow you for thirty minutes. ESPN's covering a hula hoop event, and you're you're doing like the uh, Pac-12 is having to get together, and you're you're doing the judging. You get to pick one of your other judges to help you though. Okay, so you're doing the hula hoop judging contest and you get to commentate your two choices for your co-host is either A, Simon Cowell or B, Judge Judy as your co-host. Which one are you going with? Simon Cowell all day. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go. Oh, hey. How about you? Let's go. Dan, what about you? <laughs> That's Simon. Oh, yeah. We can't go wrong Dane. with that guy. We're tied right now, Dan, so I got I to gotta find a way to get past you on this one. Okay. <laughs> So, so next one, you're a child of the 80s. Uh, you told me that, and because I know a little bit about you. So they, they call you up and say, hey, LVL, we want you to, uh, as the rock star that you are, you're going to take the lead role, and instead of John Stamos, you're going to fill in as either being Jesse in Full House, or B, you're going to be the lead character in Three's Company. You get to play it. Which one are you going with? Full House or Three's Company? Full House or Three's Company? Well, it's funny because some of the fans think they're funny, and they actually – they. There's a few of them call me John Stamos. And here's another here's another funny fact. The very first TV performance that I did with Daughtry, we were playing live on American Idol. And Zach from uh, Shinedown, guitar player, yeah, <laughs> sent a message. He posted something um, on our post about it or whatever. And he said, I didn't know Daughtry got John Stamos as their keyboard player. <laughs> so with that, I'm going to go with John Stamos. Let's go. Let's go, Dane. How about you? Do you have that one, man? Uh, I had Three's Company. It'd be hard to turn in, turn away from Suzanne Summers there. I was, <laughs> oh, I was you know what? Look, look, I'd have been happy with the other one as well. Seriously. A guy living with <laughs> it's not bad. It's not a bad deal. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. So final question. This is the final um, uh, rapid question. So you're called up to be a part of this. Um, an interesting fact I didn't tell you about, Dane, is hip-hop started – as we know it really uh, kicked off in the 70s so you get to be a part of producing um for one of these two iconic bands lvo you get to say that you helped produce the album because i know you do some production work you can either be responsible for a helping the debut album for cool in the gang 
or B, the debut album for Run DMC? Which one you go with? Hmm. Run DMC. <clears throat> they were so cool and innovative. I'm going Run DMC. Let's go, Dane. Did you have that, Dane? <laughs> nah, I had cool in the gang, man. There you go. All right, so I will take my <laughs> lobster bisque. Dane hates me right now. <laughs> so I'm, I love you, man, even more. I, I'm winning. So yeah. Dane, send my food. And... Yeah, that just adds to the lunch pile that I already owe him. Let's go. So. Awesome, man. <laughs> let's, not, let's not sleep on the great songs that Cool in the Gang had. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we... <laughs> We always say we do those, man, because everything we do, it's both great. We just, you know, kind of pick a personality a little bit, the 1A, 1B yeah. stuff, so I love it. Hopefully in yeah. interviews past, you haven't had a segment like that, so thanks for being a good sport, man. No, no, that was, that was very creative. That was fun. <laughs> Thank you, man. So, Dan, I'll give you back the last segment, <clears throat> man. Go ahead. Uh, LVO, this last segment, we call it an open mic. We kind of open right. up the floor to our, to our guests to maybe tell maybe a philosophy or a mantra they've kind of carried that you know, in your case, you know, you work with a lot of young musicians. Is there something that you kind of pass on to them that you've learned throughout your career to kind of help them along their way to their journey to reach the heights that you've reached? And maybe can you share some of those with some of our younger viewers as well? For sure, for sure. Um, first of all, there's a couple of things that I try to live by. Um, one is I really feel like if you can be a positive influence in the life of a child, that's the greatest gift, mm. honestly. Um, kids need kids need people to look up to and to guide them. And and you know we see it every day. Like you see a kid transform from a shy kid who goes in his bedroom and plays guitar and never ever felt that feeling of being a rock star. And then next thing you know, they're on stage playing a guitar solo in front of two hundred people and everybody's cheering. Like that transformation and what that does is really important to me. You know, so I. I I try to live by that. But as far as um, advice to give um, our students or young musicians, yes, the, the advice is this, because I get this question a lot. What do I need to do to get to your level or to get signed or to do music for a living, to be a professional mm -hmm. musician? And I say that, you know, the, the issue is a lot of people are enamored with the idea of being a famous musician and the idea mm -hmm. of getting signed and all that stuff. But until you fall in love with the grind that it takes, it won't happen. Like It's not going to happen if you don't love that grind. I love the grind. I love playing in clubs. I love being in the studio more than anything and creating. The grind is, is literally what keeps me going. Like I enjoy yeah. that part of it. And then the result, that's all a byproduct of, of, of the grind, right? Like if you, if you put yourself in, in, in that position and you manifest, it and you see yourself on stage or you see yourself uh, doing whatever it is you you know you dream about doing you, you keep that you, if you put that energy out there the next thing you know is you find yourself in that exact situation but you have to love the grind it's not just going to happen you know you're Man. gonna meet people, you're gonna meet people you're gonna there's you know new relationships doors are gonna open like all of those things will lead you to your final destination but you can't ignore those those signs from the universe right you know mm -hmm. I me getting to Daughtry, there was a lot of steps that, that led to that point, you know, I, and, yeah. you know, I was, you know, thankfully I was, I was aware and, and took those opportunities and didn't, you know, ignore the universe when it was giving me signs, you know what I mean? Yeah, so, yeah man. Oh yeah. Yeah, man. I think it's no, too it's, deep, but uh, you got to see yourself doing it. 
It's, yeah. it's, it's wow. falling. It's a passion. Dan and I talk about this LV all the time and I guarantee man, somewhere along the way, you're also going to be a coach, man. I know Scott coaches, Scott Sapp coaches a baseball team. You're going to have to coach somewhere along the way too. Cause I hear the coach and you coming back from your playing day, <laughs> man. I hear it, you know, but we talk yeah. a lot about, um, it's funny cause you say that. And I was talking to Cody from, uh, art of dying and say to Sonia, and it's interesting. Uh, musicians like you have it in your blood. Like you love yes. the, the hall, the passion, the 3 a.m. drives, like the packing your gear, the studio long hours. It's like when athletes, we tell them you got to practice 20 hours a week to play a one-hour game. You're, you're on stage yeah. for 60 minutes a night, but you're grinding 10 hours a day doing press, doing, you know, uh, in the studio work, all that. That's like you're saying, yeah. like that's the prep, you know. And, Dane, how do you expand on that? Because that's exactly what we tell our athletes too, you know. Yeah, the thing I come back to is like Josh and I talk about how, you know, sports and music kind of mimic each other you have to have that discipline and and you kind of put it through yourself Elvio with you said you set it up like sports whenever you do your academy and it takes that same dedication like you guys both said you know you you practice for 100 hours to prepare for one you know to limit the mistakes to to get everything just perfect for an hour or an hour and a half whatever it is worth of work so you know, they, those things mirror each other. And that's the kind of thing I was thinking about when you were talking and, and, you know, it's, it's a good message to have for these younger kids that, and, you know, aspire to grow up to be like you. Wow. So yeah. a great message. The other, no, but I think the last thing too, that I'll, I'll just, yeah, you know, I'll leave you with this in regards to, you know, the advice that I give the kids, you know, at this level, people don't realize that it's, 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 it's so important to be a good hang. You're living yeah. like we live together out here. We're on stage for an hour and a half. The rest of the day and night, you, you basically live together, oftentimes in a small bus. You know, I mean, it's not a small bus, but you know what I mean? It's close quarters, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So being a good, it's not necessarily about being the best player. I mean, obviously yeah. you need to know how to play, but if you're a crappy human being, you're not easy to get along with, or you're just, you know, negative all the time or whatever. It's very, you know, that's, yeah. that's very difficult to be around people like that right so good hang and and it's not always easy because we see each other at our best and worst and we're out here while our families are home people are going through things i don't always have a great day you know yeah. people you know it's it's learning how to exist on the road that's really yeah. important it doesn't matter if you're a virtuoso you got you know you got to be a good hang in a, in a, mm -hmm. in a good family basically you know so. it you are spot on, Elvio and Dane, how it's, it's so – it mimics sports and music mimic each other, the discipline, man. So, uh, man, I, I can't say enough, Elvio, especially knowing yeah. how busy you are. You taking time to do this, man, is, yeah. is a pleasure. A pleasure. Um, we, we always say um, alum, so once you get some time down the road after maybe the album comes out, you're welcome to come back, man. We'll definitely yeah. want to stay in touch. and. We'll get that out as soon as we can. And just thank you for being awesome, man. And even being cooler than the legend, uh, you're yeah. a notch above the reputation, man. So I appreciate yeah, that. And, uh, definitely. You guys are too kind. Thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. It was yeah. fun. Of course, yeah, man. We'll, we'll be in touch and you take care. And then thanks for the words of wisdom. Okay. Much love, brother. Take care. Thank fellas. you. That was awesome. Dan, I'm telling you, that dude's cool. I, I love his entire body of work and his work ethic and his mindset. What do you think, Dane? Crazy. Yeah, huh? I love it. I love it. I mean, you, you can't say enough and, and – there's not a big enough applause to, you know, fit what he's doing for the next generation. And mm. on top of being what he does on stage and behind the scenes, you know, whenever they are willing to pass that on to the next generation, you got to, you can't do anything but stand up and applaud that. So I love reading the story about it. And I was watching some of the kids that 
you know, play on stage. And I mean, you would think after that short of time or that whenever they play after that short of time, you look at them on stage, you're like, these kids have been playing for years. But once they yeah. break out of that shell, it's just something something ignites in them and, and they're on their way. So and it's he's so- the cat the catalyst for that. I mean, it's to be applauded. So I, I love it- having them on. It's like a coach of music, like you said. There's no other way to put it. You know, you're coaching yeah. kids, and that's exactly we we go back to why do we start doing this? Positive yeah. message. You know, I don't think I've ever talked to, and all of our guests have been great. We love all of you. That's probably the most positive guy I've ever talked yeah. to on the show. Just leaves you just. I want to go play guitar again, man. Like I want to go write a song, you know, and you know, I do that on the side, but like, that's just so empowering the way he, he does his, his body of work and the grind. Everybody that everybody talks about yeah. that, like, Hey, yeah. you're going to play a 60 minute game or a 60 minute show, but you're yeah. going to have to put in 20 hours of off the field or off the stage work and be okay with that. and love it. And kids yeah. don't, don't, don't think that's how it is. They see someone like him or, you know, even even some of the other bands we've interviewed and, and worked with, they see the, the limelight, the spotlight, or they see the the, yeah. the athlete that makes the one play for 15 seconds on TikTok. How many yeah. hours did it take to get there in the daily grind every yeah. day? Man. Yeah. So it, it's just kind of it, it reminds me of when uh, we were talking to Coach Gaeski. He's what he said. He said, "I want people here in my program that enjoy the the work to get to where the games are. I mean, it's easy to go out there on game day and play." but I want to see what you do in those 20 hours building up. So it's a great message to hear. I mean, music and sports, you know, they, they mirror each other so well. Every time. And also Dango from Scott Stapp and Amber Pacific. Remember he said that too. He said, Hey, don't be that guy on the road that nobody wants to hang with. He, it's almost like it was the same. It's, it's it's so crazy. Two people that may, may not even know each other. Maybe they do, but the philosophy about being great musicians is the same. Hey, be kind to others, take care of others, pay it forward on on and on, man. So, wow, that was cool. Well, Zane, that was yeah. uh, that was a great one. Uh, uh, so that that'll be our nightcap. Uh, Zell sends his love. He had to reschedule. Zell, producer, yeah. known of working with uh, artists like Quavo and so on, um, sends his love. Then we have Coach BC speaking to give it back to the next generation. Coach BC Collins, a local Oklahoman, tomorrow night's coming on. Can't wait for that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tuesday we've got a, a legendary drummer, Johnny Radlap. If y'all know any blues, y'all know about my buddy Johnny coming on Tuesday. Wednesday, Dan, we've got two epic ones. Wednesday, we've got – or excuse me, Thursday, we've got Josiah stopping by, a great guitarist from Disciple, along with Joey from Amberlin. And that will take us into next week, which we got many, many more to come, man. Yeah. So um, we, kicking off next Sunday is Morgan from Oregon. We talked about Morgan stopping by. Yeah. Finally got that picture coming on. So lots of sports, lots of music, and many more episodes to come. Yeah. But thank you again, Ovio. That was a great uh, way to end the night and very inspirational and, and very positive. So don't forget, as always, that we love you. And Dane? Thank you for listening. Love it, man. That's awesome. Oh, he's still with us. That's cool.